Let's go to first, Second Timothy chapter four, verse eleven. Again, uh, when we are last week, you may say, like Pastor, why do you keep going back to the same scriptures? It's because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And, and many times you think that we've heard something until you hear it again. Again, I was listening to uh, the messages for the conference that we had, the Supernatural Increase conference we had with Dr. Jerry Saville. And I had th- new things again this week. I thought I had them the first time we spoke. I listened, I had, but again listening to, to him this week, I had some things that I didn't hear during the conference. So I'm passionate about, who's who's speaking about passion? I'm passionate about, who was that? Mary, okay, Mary, at the beginning, Mary and Uyghur. I'm passionate about this. I don't know about you. Are you passionate about this supernatural increase? Are you passionate about progressing in life? Are you passionate about our Lord Jesus Christ? Then you have to make up your mind, whatever happens, I'm going to press in. I'm going to stand in faith. I'm going to overcome every attempt of the enemy to remove me from my convictions. That has to be, church. Again, the enemy doesn't go, back to, doesn't go to sleep because you've heard about supernatural increase and say, let me sleep until they have that supernatural increase. No, he's fighting to discourage you and, and, and to show you that it doesn't work. I like reminding him that uh, 23 years ago when I gave my life to Christ, uh, he, you know, thoughts came in like, you will not make it. You, I don't think you are going to live without uh, alcohol. I don't think you are going to live without smoking cigarettes you know, and all the wickedness that I had inside of me. But thank God, 23 years later, uh, I've, la- I've lived without it and not desiring anything about it. So, there is hope. So the enemy may tell you, I don't think you are the candidate for supernatural increase Shout back, yes, I am in the name of Jesus. I know I am that candidate. And listen to this, I'm already increasing in the name of Jesus. I believe, I received, not when I see it, when it was spoken, I received the word, and I'm changing. Hallelujah. That has to be decisions that you make. Every single day you have to make those decisions. When the enemy comes in to attack your life, you still make up, that, that make up your mind. I'm going to do what the word of God says. Listen, doing the word of God is not a feeling. Doing a, the word of God is a decision that you make. It's not a, 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 a feeling. Like even what uh, uh, Deacon uh, Yvonne said, Giving is not a feeling. It's not the happy hour. This is my happy hour. Let me give. No, it's a decision you make. The things that, the choices that you make in life and decisions that you make in life, that this is the way I'm going to live. Whether I feel it or not, this is my decision. This is the way I'm going to live. What will happen in a few years' time, you start seeing the manifestation or in few in a short time, we start seeing the manifestation of the goodness of the Lord, and you look back and say, I'm so glad that I made such decisions. I'm so glad that I made those choices back then. 
Because if it wasn't, I wouldn't be living the way I'm living. That should be yours and my testimony. In 2 Timothy 4.11 says, Only Luke with, is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. And let's go back to Genesis chapter 12 from the Amplified Bible. Going to do some work here. Have you been distinguished this week, this past week? We are looking forward to hearing your testimonies concerning this supernatural increase. Uh, really, we, we want to hear uh, you testify. You have to make up your mind that whatever God does in your life, you testify. You tell people about it. And then uh, in verse, verse 1, the Amplified Version says, classic says, Now in Haran, the, the Lord said to Abraham, Go for yourself, for your own advantage, away from your country, from your relatives, and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. And this is what he says. I will bless you with abundant increase of favors. Say, I am blessed, I am blessed. with abundant increase of favors. Probably you're saying this was for Abraham. I'll, I'll show you again what the scripture says concerning you and I. And make your name famous and distinguished, and you'll be a blessing dispensing good to others. You remember what, what Dr. Jerry Saville said, and uh, you know, last week we looked at it, that you may become what? Clearing what? Houses and what? Distribution centers of the blessings of God. That's how it should be, church. And that's his will, that's his purpose, that's his plan for yours and my life. That wherever you go, you are dispensing good to others. You are dispensing good to others. Some people saying, from the time I started associating with you, my life has changed. I want that. From the time I started associating with you, my, my there are things that I have seen happening in my life. My prayer life changed. My time to re reading the word has increased. Favors have increased in my life. That should be people who associate with you because you are the seed, you are in the family of God. I'm going to go into several things regarding that. This morning I want us to uh, focus on honoring your spiritual inheritance or honoring our spiritual inheritance. You have an inheritance. Like what you've just seen there, he says, uh, uh, with abundant increase of favors. Do you still remember the definitions that you are given concerning favor? The first one is acts of kindness. Acts of kindness. Advantage. Advantage. Approval. Promotion, privilege, special attention. That you go to, to places and there's a special attention towards you. They just want to grant you much favor. Support and goodwill. And listen to this. Uh, Brother Jerry said this, uh, that I suggest that you be saying this. This is what I'm expecting to happen to me today. You remember that? This is what I'm expecting to happen to me today. What am I expecting to happen to me today? 
acts of kindness. Upon my life and upon dispensing this to others. Advantage. You've had people say this, you know, you, uh, you come from a rich fa- family, you are at a, an advantage. So people will tell you this, you are born again, you are a child of God, you are favored by God, you are at an advantage in whatever you are doing. Because you are not depending on your own strength. And then approval. This is what you're expecting every time. If you are a place of work, every time you, your people are... Um, you're sending back assignments, yours is always approved. Yours is always approved. Why is that so? There is the favor of God upon you. There's a favor of God upon you. Every time there's an approval, there's promotion. We're expecting promotions this year upon your life. Just listen. So much. That at the end of the year, people look at you and say, what happened? I've been promoted and promoted and promoted. You know, sometimes when you're giving good news to people, they don't look like they're the ones you're talking to. You know, son, you, you know why? Do you know why? Because we're used to being a negative world. Negative world. The negative news, negative headlines are the ones which carries the most, uh, uh, they sell more newspapers that way, with negative news. So-and-so has been killed and it was found, and that's what people want to hear. You know, you, people want to hear the headlines if, if one saw that there's a preacher that is not, uh, that this and this has been caught up in a scandal, that newspaper will sell. But if there's a preacher in town who's speaking about supernatural increase, yeah, that's what they do. They try to, to build up people's hope. Can you make some adjustment that sound? I, I don't know what happened to it. But then, then what, this is what you expect. Promotion. Privilege. You're a privileged person. Special attention. Support and goodwill. They say, this is what I'm expecting to happen to me today. Say it. This is what I'm expecting to happen to me today. You can do the same tomorrow. When you wake up, you look at all these definitions and you say this. This is what I'm expecting to happen to me today. This is what I'm expecting to happen to my business today. This is what I'm expecting to happen in what God has called me to do. As a believer in Christ, there has to be a determination in your heart that whatever it takes, you must honor God. Whatever it takes. Can you hear me in the sanctuary? You can hear me? Okay, it's fluctuating. But as a believer in Christ, there has to be a determination in your heart that whatever it takes, you must honor God. That's your decision. Let's go back to Genesis concerning the story of Esau where we were last week. You remember that? And us to look at people like him, he dishonored his inheritance. But I want us to look at some people who honored that inheritance. Let's go to Genesis 25, verse 29. It says, Now Jacob cooked a stew 
And Esau came in from the field and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red stew for I'm weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, look, I'm about to die, so what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, swear to me as it is, as of this day. I'll ask you a question in that verse 32. Was he about to die? No. It's the same thing with uh, the daughters of Lot. You remember, the mother became a pillar of salt, and they went to the mountains with their father. The, the older daughter said to the other one that there is no man on earth to marry us. Was that true? That's not, that was not true. There's no man on earth to marry us, so let us make our father uh, drunk and let us sleep with him so that you may have children with our fathers. That was not true. And then I'll, I'll tell you this because in so many instances, you hear people say, everyone was in the field. You understand? Don't generalize things. Be specific. God doesn't speak that way. Everyone was looking for me. Not true. Did the pre was the president looking for you? you? You understand? So that is to remove that way of thinking, talking general. A person of faith is so strategic in his speech. You believe what the word of God says. You speak what the word of God says. You don't say what other people are saying. You are so specific concerning your decisions. You are intentional in your speech. In fact, that's what I wanted to say. You are intentional in your speech. In other words, if you want to be more useful for the kingdom of God, and if you want to be useful and experience supernatural increase, then you have to be also be intentional in your words. You don't speak words of insufficiency. You don't speak words of lack. You're intentional. You, you speak your words purposely, knowing that whatever I'm sowing as my words, like the sower sows the word, whatever I'm sowing as words, I will have a harvest of it. So you have to be intentional in whatever you, you say. So he says, look, I'm about to die. He wasn't about to die. So what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob says, swear to me as of this day. So he sold to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. And he ate and drank and rose and went his way. And this is what the Bible says. Thus Esau despised his birthright. I want to say some things concerning honoring our spiritual inheritance. And we'll be coming back to those scriptures. But you may say like, do I have any kind of inheritance? Yes, you do. Are you born again? If you are born again, then you have an inheritance. You have a rich inheritance in the kingdom of God. Let's go first to foundational scriptures in John chapter 12, before we come back there. In John, sorry, John chapter 1 in verse 12. John 1, 12. It says, but as many received him, talking about Jesus, to them he gave the right authority to become children of God to those who believe in his name. 
So actually, you say this, I'm a child of God. That's who you are. Say, I'm a child of God. If you have received Jesus Christ, then you are a child of God. Right there, you have been brought in into an inheritance. You are a child of God. And there are so many things that talks about children of God. Do you remember when, when he says this? We are of God. Or we are children of God and we have overcome he that is in the world because he in us is greater than he that is in the world. It begins right there, your identification with Christ. You find your identification with Christ. That's where inheritance begins. You know who you are. You are a child of God. Let me show you another scripture to show you inheritance and then we continue. In Hebrews chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 1, talking about Jesus, it says this in verse, verse 1, Hebrew 1 verse 1, it says this, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets has in this last day spoken to us by his son whom he has appointed how, who? Heir, heir of how many things? Of all things, through whom also he made the walls. In other words, Jesus was made an heir of all things. Now, listen to this. Whom being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the power of his, his, by the word of his power, when he had by himself passed our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much than so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they, talking about angels. So you see, Jesus became, has, he has appointed, God has appointed his son to be heir of all things. All right? Let me take you scripture after scripture. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Look at verse, verse 15. Romans 8, 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, that's a Hebrew word for Father. And uh, in my mother tongue, Abba. Because we have some Jewish uh, in us. We, we call our dads Abba. So that's, you see, no one, I'm a bit Jewish. But he really do, Abba. Abba, Father, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are what? Children of God. And if children, then heirs. And if children, then heirs. Remember, in John 1, 12, it says what? As many as received him, gave you what? The right to become children of God. And the scripture says, and if children, then heirs. If then be a child of God, then you have an inheritance. Remember, we're talking about honoring your spiritual inheritance. If you are 
a child of God, then you have an inheritance. And he says this, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And we've seen in the book of Hebrews chapter 1, uh, Christ or the Son of God is an heir of how many things? And then here we see that we are children of God, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs of Christ, with Christ of how many things? Come on now. Of how many things? Okay, let me excite you a little bit. If you knew your father had many things. You see the fightings that we are seeing in our nation now? Among rich families. Uh, have you noticed you don't hear those fightings as so much in the newspapers among fathers who are nothing? You understand? If they, didn't have, they have anything, what would the children uh, inherit? Come on now. Nothing. You don't hear that. But have you heard of several rich families because of the inheritance that children, uh, their, their children, their sons and daughters are fighting? Why is, that that? Why is that so? Because there's something to fight for. If there's nothing to fight for, nothing equals to nothing. But if there's something to fight for, they're fighting. That's why you, you see that in the newspapers, they're fighting for millions and billions of money. Let me tell you something. You have an inheritance which is greater than any earthly possession. That has been given to you through Christ Jesus. What you need to do is to understand that inheritance. And let me tell you something. There is an enemy who will try to fight you to keep you out of that inheritance. But this is your decision. I don't care what you're going to do, devil. I've made up my mind. I'm an heir together with Christ. And nothing is going to stop me from attaining my inheritance. That's your determination. Oh, I'm dying. <laughs> like Esau. He said, I'm dying. What is this? In this is birthright for me. No, I'm not dying. You tell the devil that I'm not dying until I see the manifestation of the will of God in my life. And then he says, it's the spirit himself bear witness with our spirit that we are heirs of God. And if children, then heirs of God and, and, and joint heirs of with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. The suffering here of a believer does not mean that if one is sick, he says that I'm suffering for the Lord. Have you ever heard that? That, that is not the, the, that's not what suffering is all about. Christ suffered for us. He who knew no sin was made sin that us who knew no righteousness may be made what? The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So he already paid the price for us. So when sickness comes, it's not like, now I'm suffering for the Lord and God is testing me. No, he's not. Christ paid the price. Do you know what the sufferings of us believers is? It's so much in the thought life. You stand against the words of the enemy and thoughts of the enemy and attacks of the enemy to keep you out of your inheritance. Lazy people 
allow any thought to come into their minds. But people of faith resist thoughts that are contrary to the word of God. If you allow any thought to come into your mind and unchecked, then what you, what you are doing is actually you are lazy. But if you, you, you use the word of God, as he says in Romans chapter 10, verse 3 to 5, he says this, you cast down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, you stand against the, work of, the works of the enemy. You stand against thoughts of the enemy, thoughts of fear, thoughts of desperation, thoughts of hopelessness. Anything that comes to attack you, you stand against that. And you say, devil, you know what? This is what the word of God says concerning my situation. And I'm not going to turn away from my inheritance. I have been called to inherit the kingdom of God. I'm an heir of the kingdom of God. Amen? So, you must choose to take the word of God, what it says concerning your decisions, whatever you're going to, to experience in life, you have to make the word of God your final authority. That's where it begins. Whatever it says, this is mine. This is what God is saying concerning me. Let's go to Acts chapter 20. I want you to see something there. Acts 20. In verse 32. Verse 32. It says, so now, so now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So what is it that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance? The word of God. The word of God. The word of God is able to build you up. In fact, it's, it's called, the, the scriptures calls it, uh, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Which is what? Unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. The word of his grace, which is able to build you up. Help you to grow. Help you to, to, to be strong, to be able to, to receive an inheritance. When you go to the book of of Joshua, I'm not, I'm not telling you to go there, but when you check out in the book of Joshua, when they came to the, the children of Israel, came to the promised land, they had to fight against the enemy. They had to withstand the attacks of the enemy. And remember, remember uh, their parents actually had said that they were not able to fight the enemies because the ones that they saw they are like giants. So they are not able to fight. Listen, the, the amazing thing is this, church. What this generation is not able to fight, the next generation will have to face it. What you are, you stand are not able, you're, you're not standing in faith to pay the price for your children, your children have to face the same things. You see, if, and let me give you an example. If one decides I'm not going to be a giver, I don't sow, I don't do anything concerning God, do you know that's the inheritance that you are passing to the children? 
Because they won't do what you don't do. So the children actually have to come in now and start now establishing foundations. They have to fight against poverty. They have to fight against any kind of ungodliness that had been set in the family. And if they are able to, to stand by faith, the next generation don't have to go through that. I can't, in my, in my, my parents, both my parents, as I was growing up, they were not born again. So we weren't raised up in church. Can you think if my parents were born again spirit-filled? Probably I could have never gone through the things that I went through in my, uh, in, in growing up, you know, as a teenager. I could not have gone through those things. But they didn't know. They didn't know Christ. But what happens? If I come, you come to, in the time of your generation, you don't blame the previous generation you take up your weapons of your warfare, which are mighty through God, and you start standing against the enemy for the next generation. You establish prosperity. You, you establish godliness. You establish progress. You establish increase for the next generation. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Say, my inheritance is in the word. How do parents pass out, pass, I mean, pass the inheritance to the next generation? This is what is called a will. It's a will. It's written. That's how it's passed to the next generation. So what do the children look at? They look at that will. The word of God is the will of God. And he has given it to us as an inheritance. Let me give you an example of an inheritance that you have. Go back to, go to Galatians. I'm going to several scriptures today. Go to Galatians chapter 3, which you looked at last week. Verse 29. It says, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What was the promise given to Abraham? I will increase favors. I, I will increase favors. The scripture that we read earlier on, as we began, he says this, and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you with abundant increase of favors. That's your inheritance. Abundant increase of favors and make your name famous and distinguished and you'll be a blessing dispensing good to others. Say, that's my inheritance. That's exactly who you are. That's who you are. So what will you do with this word? Whatever is contrary to this, you'll stand against it. You understand? You feel your heart with the word. You feel your mouth with the word of God. This is my inheritance. This is my portion. I'm not going to accept lack and insufficiency. This is my year for supernatural increase. I'm not ex expecting anything less. I'm expecting promotions. I'm expecting privileges. I'm expecting support. I'm expecting special Attention. 
That's you. That's your inheritance. That, this is how the Lord, this is how the ear looks before the eyes of the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, it talks about the path of a just man is a, a shining light. It shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. How am I going to be at the end of the year? Stronger than ever before. How am I going to be at the end of the year? Wealthier than ever before. How am I going to be at the end of the year? Waxing great. That's how you have to think. Listen, those are the thoughts constantly. You have them in your mind. You have the word in your mouth. You believe. You speak it. You say it. You expect it to manifest in your life wherever you go and say, God, I'm going to be more useful to you this year than never before. Hallelujah. So you, you, you have an inheritance in God. So what Esau did, giving an example, go, go back to Deuteronomy chapter 21 so that you can see what the law said concerning the, the, the birthright of the firstborn, or the firstborn. Uh, I don't want so much to read from verse 15, Deuteronomy 21 verse 15, but you are born again. You understand that? You're in the new covenant. You understand that? If a man has two wives, not you. Okay? It's not talking about you. That's, they were allowed to. And I'll say this because of the stubbornness and the stiff-neckedness of, of them. It wasn't the plan of God for them to have two wives initially because it was Adam and Eve. And you know, in the nation, they've made that available. I, I was in Sharia I was, was it last week or the other week. And then um, I was with those, uh, they call called a state council. That I call the state, state council. Anyway, in, in their office, I, I know the, the, the lady. So right there, she received a call, and then she was being there's someone who was asking uh, her some questions, and she asked, her, "How did you marry?" And uh, I could tell, say, customarily, okay. Do you know then? Actually, no. He said, first I think it was a church wedding or something like that. I say, okay. Then you're asking about what? about the second wife. Do you know that's illegal? Because you didn't have, the, the way you are married, you're not supposed to have a second wife. Am I saying right? Uh, is that so? Yeah, you're not supposed to have a second wife. You, you married under uh, the church, they call it what? The, the act, you know, concerning the church. But you're not supposed to have a second wife. But you know, that's what they've been trying to bring into a nation. For you to accept as the norm? I thought I had believers in Christ here, spirit-filled. You all went quiet. What have you been thinking? Don't look at your neighbor. But what have you been thinking? It's like, can you be allowed? No, you're not. You're of a, a better covenant. But he says this. Let me go back to If a man has two wives, one loved and the other loved. That's usually the problem. You see that the problem starts right there. And they be, have have borne him children, both the loved and the loved, 
And if the firstborn son is of her who is unloved, then it shall be on the day he bequeaths his possessions to his son that he must not bestow firstborn status on the son of the loved wife in preference to the son of the unloved, the true firstborn. But he shall acknowledge the son of the unloved wife as the firstborn. In other words, this is what was supposed to go to every firstborn by giving him a double portion of all that he has, for he is the beginning of his strength. The right of the firstborn is his. That was the law given by God through Moses. So what, what did Esau do actually when you start thinking? He, he went, he was way before the law. But do you know what he did actually? He despised his birthright. He was to have more. He was actually, if you look at it, he was to carry the blessing of Abraham. But he despised it. So the blessing of Abraham went to Jacob. We don't say Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. We say Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But he despised that. He didn't value what God had given. It was, was going to come rightly to him. He, he despised that. God had blessing for him, but he despised that because of a temporary pleasure. That's what removed you and I from the garden. Temporary pleasure. Whatever fruit that was, that's what removed you and I from the garden of Eden. I want to show you someone who was not ready to give up his, his inheritance. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 21. I want you to see this man uh, called Naboth. In verse 1, you know, Ahab was such a wicked king. And it came to pass after these things, verse 1, that Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard which was in Jezreel next to the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. So Ahab spoke to Naboth saying, give me your vineyard that I may have it for a vegetable garden because it is near next to my house and for it I will give you a vineyard better than it. Or if it seems good to you, I'll give you its worth in money. But Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid that I should give the inheritance of my fathers to you. Whether you are king or whatever you are, God forbid that I may give you my father's inheritance. This is someone who honored that. You know what happened after that he was killed? But you know what? He stood for what he knew was right. He chose not to compromise, to sell out his inheritance, or to give out his inheritance to a wicked king. Look at, the, look at this. I won't go so much in details of this, but look at this. So Ahab went into his house, sullen, and displeased because of the word which Naboth, the Jezreelite, had spoken to him. For he has said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. Listen, this, this is what we have to stand against as believers in Christ in this, in this nation. That you refuse to receive bribes or to give bribes. 
Can I say this, young lady, and mostly it happens to young lady, you refuse to sleep with a man to get a job. Why? I'm born again. I'm a child of God. But do you know you are going to lose your job if you don't sleep with me? Yes, that's okay. I will lose the job, but I will not lose my inheritance. This job is temporary, but I have a permanent, permanent inheritance in Christ Jesus. So if you want to fire me for this, that's fine. I have a brother called Joseph. He was not only fired, he was put in prison. Do you remember that? So you're not the first one. I have a brother called Joseph. I remember some years ago that I had a police officer look at me. They had arrested our guys. And I actually, they were coming from here. They were taking their seats back to the office in Westlands. And they were arrested because there were many of them in the, in the, in the, in the truck that was transporting the seats back to the office. So anyway, the owner of the truck, I knew that mama to be born again. She called me, do you know my truck has been arrested because of your guys? I said, no, but mama, your driver should have been more responsible. No, they were there and, uh, because they were in the truck and there was supposed to be only two people. So my truck actually has been taken to the police station. I said, okay, ma'am. So, but just to let you know this, uh, that's many years ago. Uh, what they are saying that if we give them 10,000, they will release the truck. And they, do, you don't, they don't have to go to court tomorrow. I knew this mama to be born again. You know, the one who said, You know, that's kind of... I knew that she was born again. I said, Mama, we don't do that in this ministry. We don't bribe. That's a bribe, don't you know that? We serve God. If he's going to court tomorrow, never mind. We'll pay that 10000 in court. She said, uh, God bless you so much, Davis. Now, um, can you imagine that? Now, her fear was to pay 10000 No, her fear was if it went tomorrow to the, to the, in fact, they wanted what? They wanted 10000 because they say that if it was going to be taken to court, it was going to be more amount than 10000 Anyway, stood my ground, but I went to, to the police station so that I could talk to them to see if there's any way that they are going to release the truck. So this man came to where I was seated and he said this, Pastor, what I want to do is to save church some money. If you give me 10000 I will release this truck. But I would have saved church some money because tomorrow, if it goes there, it may be much more than this. I said this, I looked at him and said, excuse me, sir, if I do this to you, I'll be cursing you. I'll be cursing your family because I want to know better. That's fine. If you are not going to release our drive and the truck, then tomorrow we'll go to court. That's fine. Let's do so. He stood up. He didn't want to look at me in the eyes, and he left. Do you know how much he paid the following day? 5000 5000 in court. We could have compromised to pay a bribe. Church, I encourage you. Do whatever it takes to stand against the spirit of corruption. You can't be fueling it. You can't be bribing. You can't be paying money. Nowadays they call it, remember recently they were telling you what, 
facilitation. Huh? Facilitation money. There's something that we are registering, you know, for the ministry, and they say that we need some facilitation money. What is that facilitation money? Say not me. I have an inheritance. I'll protect my inheritance. I'll stand against the spirit of corruption. Now you've said that before the Lord, remember? So refuse to compromise. So anyway, listen to this. Here is a king, his son, because he had been told, I'll not give you the inheritance of my fathers. And he lay down on his bed and turned away his face and would eat no food. What a man. No backbone at all. Listen, but Jezebel's, Jezebel's wife came to him and said to him, what is your, why is your spirit so silent that you eat no food? He said to her, because I spoke to Naboth the Jezreelite and said to him, give me a vineyard for money or else if it pleases you, I'll give you another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give you my vineyard. Is that what he said? No. He didn't say, I will not give you my vineyard. He said, he said, the Lord forbid that I should give the inheritance of my fathers to you. But you see that what the devil actually does, and they ended up stoning uh, Naboth and killed Naboth. And of course, the curse was pronounced upon Ahab, and there went his death. He was killed that way, and the, 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 the dogs leak, leaked his, uh, his blood. Listen. Protect your inheritance in whatever it takes. You make up your mind that I have an inheritance in God. All the promises in Christ that have been given in the word of God, they are yours and my promises. That you make up your mind, there's nothing I'm going to compromise to, to gain, uh, to gain sat satisfaction te temporarily for that which is permanent. Your inheritance is permanent. You are heir together with Christ. Go with me, please, to some scriptures here. Go to uh, John chapter 16. Remember we read in, uh, in Acts chapter 20, verse 32, talking about... Uh, uh, talking about how the word of God, which gives us what? is able to build us up and give us what? An inheritance. You know, if your, your father has everything and you walk around and say, I have an inheritance, I have an inheritance, but you have no idea of what inheritance is, will that going to benefit you? I have an inheritance. I have a rich daddy. You can say that, but you are, you are not able to buy even something. Little things. Yet your father is rich. But if you know, I have a rich daddy, and this is what the will says. Because the will says, I refuse everything that is contrary to the will of my father. Look at this in John 16. Look at verse 13 to see the, how God transfers this inheritance day to day, as you obey him. However, when he, the spirit of truth, talking about the Holy Spirit, has come, he will guide you 
into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. One thing that the Holy Spirit will, will do, or, or one thing that the Holy Spirit will never do is him speaking contrary to the word of God. The Holy Spirit will always speak in line with the word of God. Concerning your situations, if something is not in line with the word of God, the Holy Spirit will never tell you, do this, which is against the will of God. But the Holy Spirit will always speak things in line with the word of God. And therefore, remember this, the word of God is the will of God. And therefore, the Holy Spirit will speak to you according to the will of God. And what is the will of God? The will of God is your inheritance. Good health is your inheritance. Prosperity is your inheritance. The head and not the tail is your inheritance. Listen, God's protection is your inheritance. Sound mind is your inheritance. Strength is your inheritance. So I wake up with however weak I feel. I say I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's my inheritance, to be strong. Okay, look at this. So what does the Holy Spirit do? He will take, he will not speak on, on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Can I tell you something here? Do you know the Holy Spirit has already told us concerning 2020? What has he spoken to us about 2020? Supernatural increase. So what is yours and my assignment? To find it out from the word and obey it. To go back to the things that we have been taught and obey that. To act like what uh, uh, Miss Yvonne was saying, to act by giving. We give constantly. We tithe constantly. That's where breakthrough is at. We give constantly. We tithe constantly. We are going out, believing God for an opportunity to be a blessing to others. Constantly. Again, we encourage you to, to join hands with us concerning KACF outreaches, outreach that you are engaged. You want to bear much fruit in raising up the next generation. So he says this, he will glorify me, that's the Holy Spirit, he will take of what is mine and declare it to you, all things that the Father has are mine. Remember, you are in Christ, therefore you are an heir in Christ. So he says, all things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said that he will take of mine which is what? How many things? How many things? And declare them to you. Listen, inheritance is so much hinged on your hearing. On your hearing. Your hearing. Do, you use, do I use the word supreme? Your hearing is supreme. Your hearing. What Esau actually did, he had his stomach more than he could hear the voice of God. His stomach was speaking louder 
than his inheritance. And he chose temporary pleasure for what is permanent. Same thing with, with Adam. That's exactly what happened. He chose temporary pleasure of disobedience for what? Something that is permanent. Do you know what will be tested more and more, you and I? The last of the flesh, the last of eyes, and the pride of life. The last of the flesh, the last of eyes, and pride of life. And sin it has is temporary pleasure compared to what God has for you and I. There will be opportunities to compromise every single day. There will be opportunities for, for you to, to say, no, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not going to agree with the word concerning this situation. There will be opportunities all the day, every single day. But listen, it's your decisions that you have made strongly founded on the word of God and in obedience to the Holy Spirit that no matter what is going to happen, I'm going to stand firm on the word of God. Choices and decisions are not made the time we are facing a crisis. Decisions are made way before. You understand? You, you make that decision way before. Not the time you are facing a crisis. The time of a crisis is just to manifest what you have believed all through. I have believed that I will not compromise for the sake of a temporary pleasure. So I'm going to stand firm on the word of God until I see his promises being fulfilled. Again, I gave you an example of uh, even Joseph, what happened to Joseph in Potiphar's house. Listen, all things that the father has are mine. Therefore, I say that the Holy Spirit will take of mine and declare it to you. Your inheritance is hinged on your he you hearing the voice of God. Say, I hear. I hear the voice of the shepherd. And the voice of strangers will I not follow. I know the voice of God. I pursue the voice of God. That's how it should be. Every time you go, start saying this. Let me give you this. Start saying this in situations, in very difficult situations. Start saying this. Father, thank you because I'm hearing you. Thank you because I'm sensing your leading. Because it's your will for me to prosper in this situation. Start practicing that. Whatever you go, if you find a difficult situation, say, Lord, I'm, I'm thanking you because I can hear you concerning this situation and I have a solution. I thank you ahead of time. You see what that thanksgiving is doing? You're focusing on the goodness of the Lord because he's for you to prosper. You see what I'm saying? You're focusing on God's goodness. God, thank you that I can hear in, in this situation. And you have no idea of what is going to happen. That's what people of faith do. And sometimes if it's so difficult, do this. Take some time. Stay in his word. Thank him. For having given you a way out of that situation. His wisdom is infinite. Part of inheritance is overcoming power in every situation. In every situation, you stand out victoriously. That's your overcoming power. In every situation, however difficult it is, 
you know the end of the results, the end of, uh, the, end of the thing is this, I'm going to triumph in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Are you getting anything out of this? Do I have people who have inheritance in here? Hallelujah. Do you have people who are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might? That's you. Take your strength. Take your strength. Another thing that will the enemy will use so much to try to keep you away from your inheritance is fear. Is fear. You see that so clearly in, in what Esau did. I'm going to die. He wasn't going to die. It's fear. He wasn't going to die. Let me give you an example concerning this. It was the will of God for the children of Israel to overcome the Philistines in the time of, of, of David. But they needed a man who was bold enough to stand against Goliath and bring victory to the nation. But you know what that takes? It takes a person who is bold and fearless. And that again also, you have to practice that. You have to practice boldness. I've given you a simple illustration. Go in the lift in the morning, and people are there, and they are all quiet on a Monday morning, and say, oh, good morning, everyone here. And half of them keep quiet, and only two or three answer. But you know who, who is helping? Who is it helping? You. Would you do that? Anyone who's ever done the lift, not with one person or with no one in there. Everyone, anyone who's ever done like you had like 10, 15 people in the lift and you greeted them all? Anyway? Oh, yeah. We have, oh, yeah. We have, oh, you have several hands going up. Why don't you do it this week? You just walk in there and all people are quiet, especially like KRA, the tall building, you know, the way they get so full and they are down there and you say, you are the last person, good morning everyone, it's a happy Monday. And then you smile like you own the building. I've done that and it's to help myself. And it's amazing people smile back. Those who don't smile is their, their own problem. But I've done my part. Who is it helping? Me. Or about going to the supermarket and, you know, the, the people over all around and someone says, oh, I'm feeling pain over here. Will you say just, can I please pray for you? Then let me pray for you. And people are looking at you. May I please? And you say, may I please pray for you? I want to pray for you. That's good. Do you know who is helping? You. You are developing something. Listen, it's becoming the lion and the bear. And you are setting yourself up for bigger things. <laughs> I had a certain as a friend of mine this week, this past week, we went somewhere to eat. Once in a while, I eat nyama choma. Once in a while. Not every day. Once in a while. And when I desire, I, I like getting some good nyamachom. So a friend of mine, I said, come on, let's go eat nyamachom at such and such a place. So we went and sat there and eating, talking, as appreciating him for several things that he had helped us to do. And then when you are 
there's a young lady serving us. And when she was done, the bill, I think, uh, was, a, was about 2,400. It was actually 2,400. So I gave her 3,000, and I said, uh, uh, do this. She brought back 500. So I said, why don't you do this? Give me uh, 200, and then you can have 300 shillings. And, and then I say this. And do you know why we, we, are, um, we are doing this? It's because we love Jesus. It's because we are born again, man, and started giving a testimony. Then I asked her, are you born again? She said, yes, I know Jesus. Are you born again? No, I'm not. Uh, why are you not born again? And she looked at us and said, but I'm not. I said, do you want to? Let me show you how to get born again. So I, read, uh, I, I spoke the scriptures to her. She's just standing over them, spoke the scriptures to her. And I said, then, would you repeat this prayer? Just simple according to that Romans. We've read that, that scripture I have mentioned. Let's go ahead and pray. And she did. And she confessed the Lord Jesus. And then, when she was done, when we are done with that, I said, just because of that, you don't have to return 200 shillings. Keep that whole 500 shillings. Then tears showed up in her eyes. And then she said, she had lost herself now. They lost herself completely. Uh, then she said this, I didn't even have, I only had bus fare. And I didn't know what I was going to feed my daughter later today. I said, really? Then I pulled out a thousand shillings, placed it on top. And this brother pulled out some hundreds of shillings, put it on top. And this is what happened. She started crying. Not weeping, crying. She cried and cried and she looked. She, kept, she had makeup. She messed her makeup. It gave me pleasure seeing that young lady confessing the Lord Jesus, told her where the church is. So I don't know if she's here or she'll be here one day. Told her where the church is. But listen, she received the Lord and she was supernaturally ministered to. What do you want to tell people? I'm buying you a home. I'm buying you a home. You, the Lord impresses you and you meet with the cup and say, I'm about to buy you a home. And then I'm not saying a hundred kilometers from Nairobi, you know, going towards Mombasa. You understand? I'm, I'm not saying that now. You send them out of town. <laughs> you understand? I'm not talking about that. But I'm buying you a home and it's one of the best places of the city. I'm doing it just for you to tell you how God loves you and how God wants you to prosper. That's increase. I want that. What about you? Come on, that. What about you? What about you? To help people out of the debts. You remember what Pastor Kala said concerning uh, when uh, Secretary General said about the, 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 the budget that they've never met? Was it 20 what million? Was it 16 million? 30 million per year? I think 30 million per year. And do you know what she said? We're looking forward when we can pay off that budget as Victory Faith Church. That was a wicked man. We're talking about supernatural increase. 
Listen, this is not out of my head. This is what believing is all about. I say this and I'm going to say it again. If you really want to know that you are growing, you're maturing, you're becoming useful for the kingdom of God, this is an indication of that when you start thinking of how you can be helpful to others. If that consumes you, how you can be helpful to others, how you can be a blessing to others. You're thinking that way. That's the way you pray. That's the way you think. When you go to places, then do you know what is happening? You are maturing. You are growing. Don't ever forget that. When you are stepping, uh, when you're stepping out to help people more and more, then you should know that you are maturing. That's a sign. That's an heir. An heir is not to keep to himself. An heir is thinking of this. How can I be a blessing to others? That's what you're looking forward to more and more in this church and in this ministry. How can we reach out to more orphans and vulnerable children? How can we reach out to our youths more? How can we be more fruitful in our generation in reaching out to the next generation through our high school ministry? How can we be more fruitful in reaching out to people through Roundtable, through Heritage Leadership Academy? All what you're doing in this ministry, that's a mark of maturity. That's the blessing of God. That's believing for others. That's different than, bless me, Lord. Bless my wife also. Bless me more than my wife. But help our Lord and help my children. But especially help me, Lord. You understand know, that kind of praying? <laughs> Let me give you this last example before we start winding up. Here comes Abraham. Uh, I mean, Abraham comes three, three angels. The Bible says three angels. Or three, three men, sorry, three men. And he had needs. He had a need. He didn't have even a child at that time. The first thing that he did, he didn't come out with his prayer request. Can you think about this? If I'm giving you an example, Jesus is always there. He's in you. He, he says, he'll, God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But let me ask you something. If you had an opportunity and Jesus showed up face to face, what will be your first thing to do? Is it your prayer request? At least. I have it, Lord. I have waited for this. <laughs> we, we helped a certain lady with her children to do something. She made me laugh. We helped us a ministry, uh, helping her tremendously. And then I, I asked her, so how is it? This is what she said. She said, let me tell you something, Pastor. I have not seen the hand of God. I have seen God himself coming through into my life. It's not his hand. You understand that? So I'm talking about if the Lord manifested and you're seeing him face to face, what will be your first thing? Your long list. Lord, finally, you have come. Wait a little bit. I have a list I have waited and waited. Here you are. 
What are you going to do concerning this, Lord? Listen to a person and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? That's what Lordship is all about. Remember, he's the Lord. Lord, tell me, what do you want me to do? How, how can I be more useful than I've ever been before? That's a blessing. That's exactly what Abraham did. In fact, at that time he was called Abraham. What he did was first he prepared a meal for them. He told his servants, quickly, let's prepare a meal for them. It was after they had eaten that they say, can we hide anything from Abraham? Do you know what kind of attitude that's? That's an attitude of a servant. That's an attitude of a giver. That's a person who wants to be more useful. And God's, uh, one of the men said, I, I believe that is the pre-incarnation uh, of Jesus, him coming on earth. But he asked this, can we hide anything from Abraham? And they told, they, they told him, concerning their plan concerning Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and Abraham interceded. Listen, that's what will change your life. When you submit yourself to do the will of God, you know you are an heir in the kingdom of God. But listen to this, I value my inheritance. And this is what I want to do, God. Whatever you give to me or you have given to me, I want to be a blessing to others in my generation. I want at the end of my life that I've given everything you told me to give. But do you know what will happen? You would have received everything that God wanted you to receive. Finally, probably, in Romans chapter 8. Go back there, please. In Romans chapter 8, verse 32... He says this, he who is a father, who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us how many things? Listen, you are an heir of all things from God. You are an heir of all things. I had a certain preachers say years ago, that the problem of the church has been so many instances, they, they walk around as if they are begging for God to adopt them. You see, see that that can happen so much in, you know, in our praying, as if we are begging God to adopt us. Going around, God, will you help us? God, will you do this? Listen, we are an heir of all things. He did not spare his son but he gave him up for us. How will he, how will he, he, he said this, he would not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him, listen, everything else is in Christ. What he has done, with him also freely, freely give us how many things? All things. So what is yours and my pursuit in life? Know him. Know what is done for you. Know what is made available for you. Through him, you inherit all things. 
our pursuit, actually, is not asking God, give me, give me, give me. Our pursuit is this, Lord, through the help of the Holy Spirit, as you've read in John 16, show me, Lord, help me, show me through his word what you've already done for me. And if I understand what he has done for me, that's it. Do you know, actually, it removes from us some prayers that you have prayed. Huh? If I know healing is mine, what will I be saying? God heal me. What will I be saying? Lord, thank you for my healing. Thank you for my healing. And then what do you do? You stand against the one who causes sickness and disease, the devil. Then, if I want to increase in my finances, in finances, what will I be saying? Lord, thank you for showing me a seed. You supply a seed to me. And what do I, will I be doing? I'm pursuing opportunities to give. In fact, you become more accurate in hearing because you don't have any seed to waste. You want to be more accurate in your giving. You want to, to hear what God wants, wants you to do with your seed every time. This is my point here, church. You have an inheritance. You value that. You value what is done for you through Christ Jesus. Secondly, find out what he has done for you. Invite the Holy Spirit to lead you through the scriptures. Thirdly, put that in your mouth. Agree with the word of God. Believe in your heart what he has done for you and say it with your mouth. Fourthly, stand against the devil at all costs. The good news is this. Submit to God. Another one is doing his will, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You have an inheritance. Finally, brethren, let's go to 1 Corinthians. In chapter 6. I've got some, uh, some warnings there. <clears throat> In verse 9, it says this. Uh, let's start from verse 7. Now, therefore, it is already an utter failure for you that you go to law against one another. Why do you not rather accept wrong? Why do you not rather let yourself be cheated? No, you yourselves do wrong and cheat, and you do things, these things to your brethren. He was rebuking the Corinthians. He says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? But do you know who you've been made? Righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Do not be deceived, but here comes he. Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites. And what is the world doing? Bringing in the agenda for LGBT. It's exactly what is happening. That for it to be accepted has been the norm. That's okay. People have different feelings. Listen, 
you cannot be led by your feelings. Okay, thank you. Let me, let me, let me tell the deacons. And the, uh, you cannot be led by your feelings. God, in, you can't wake up one morning and say, I don't feel like a girl, I think I'm a boy. No. We cannot be led by our feelings. Do you know what actually that is? Is anti-God. Standing against everything that God is so that it may be accepted as the norm. The things actually right now in so many places, they're being accepted as the norm. Can I tell you about it wasn't the norm? Uh, can I tell you growing up, we, we didn't have like, a, you have your mother to talk to you, uh, to try to explain to you why she was going to spank you. That was not there. Our mamas didn't have that time. You understand? If a sandal was nearby, you have it. If she was cooking ugali, and you know what she was holding, that is a good one. <laughs> they didn't have time for that. It's, listen, there are no negotiations. Let's talk about this to explain to you why this is a violation. No, there's no time for that. I think we didn't waste any time. Our mamas didn't waste any time. But there are so many discussions which are necessary. You understand that? They're not spanking nowadays. We call it, of course, over here, Kenning. In school, you knew that. I mean, I knew when a certain teacher was the one, we called them teachers on duty. You knew that. What will happen? If there was a violation, it was instant. Right there. You receive it there and then. And I think it worked. Youth, I think it worked. Youth, I think it worked. It turned out well. There are no discussions really with, with parents that let's, let's discuss about what you did in school. I remember my, my dad was a school teacher and my mom was a school teacher. In fact, those days, he was a headmaster. And my mom was a school teacher too. I remember one time in class, and uh, he was a mathematics teacher. I remember in, in, in class uh, one day, uh, I'm standing at seven. I really wanted to go and play. There's some games that we really enjoyed. I enjoyed playing. In fact, the one that I really enjoyed playing, I don't know, I grew up in a rural area. So we, we played, you know, you have like shillings or coins, and then you just be throwing in a certain hole that you've dug on the, on the ground. I remember that, that, was thing, that thing was nice. Then you end up going with coins. We knew the chief didn't like that. It was illegal because if you are caught, you'll be taken to the chief's camp to be there. They can you. You understand? There's no discussions. Why are you, you know, doing whatever you're doing? So anyway, but I enjoyed that. I mean, I hid coins. I made sure. I'm not bragging about this, but I made sure that when I went to the shop, I had some coins remaining in my pocket so that I can go play that game. I enjoyed it. And during my time, we had uh, some, forget about these sneakers you see here, chocolate sneakers and all that. We didn't have that. In my village, we had what is called goody goodies. You understand that? I think it was nice. But I just enjoyed goody goodies. 
Just open that wrapper, put several of them in your mouth and just some chocolate. It, it just felt so good growing up. And some white, what they call patko. Can you imagine that? We had patkos. You have no idea what that was. Anyway, but then we had given some assignment and I didn't perform well. I think I got 20 something percent. And that was not me. I remember my dad coming to class and he said, uh, all right, everyone else, so you all didn't do so well. But Davis, uh, I'm going through this. I don't know how many questions there were. And for every question that you missed, uh, I want you to come forward and I'll give you a cane for it. Oh, that was bad. I was in standard seven. And every, every one of it had missed. He'd never done that. That was the first time. Everyone would say, Davis, did you get that? No. He'll call me to the front and he'll, he'll give me one for that. Or that was so easy. Give, give me two. My goodness. You know, as, as a boy, I was what? Uh, that was 1985. I think I was 12 or so. I was what? 11 or so. It's a boy in standard seven. There are girls there that they have known you don't cry. You understand? <laughs> there are girls in the class that they know you don't cry. But you know what I ended up doing? Crying and crying and crying and crying. And the amazing thing, no girl came after the service told me, I didn't know you don't cry. They knew, but they hadn't told me. I cried and cried and cried. But later on, I felt when I grew up a little bit, you know, I thought like, that was his pride. You shouldn't do that to your son in class. Probably could have done that at home to talk to me about it, not talk to me or do the caning at home, but not in public because he became a respect of persons. He was doing it to his son. Why didn't you do it to everyone else? I don't think that was a good example. That was my opinion. You understand? But the fact is this. There are no negotiations. That's what you wanted, and I took all of it. Listen to this. Your feelings do not make you. It's your choices that you make. It says this, do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. Are you ever that way? Are you unquiet? I was a sinner. And such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of, of our God, so that you are what? An heir. This is what it means. Don't go back there. Don't be known as a thief. Don't be known as a homosexual. Don't be known as a fornicator. Don't be known as a sodomite. Some of, such were some of you, but now you are washed. Say, I'm washed. I am sanctified. I am justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. That's who you are. You are a new brand person. If you are in Christ, that's exactly who you are. Listen. You choose, I'm not going to be as one of those. The Bible says about Esau, he despised his birthright. And he was called by the word of God, calls him a profane person. A godless person. But you make up your choices and make up your decisions. 
I'm going to stand to be useful to God in my generation and for the next generation to rise up and continue with that legacy of faith. Hallelujah. Did you receive anything out of this? Will you please stand up on your feet? Did you receive anything of this? I say yes. Yes, Lord, thank you for having washed me with the precious blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's you are. You have an inheritance in Christ. I'll say this. You're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You are inheritance. You are healed. Hallelujah. You have the soundness of mind. You have supernatural increase at your disposal. But you look at yourself at the end of this year and say, God, you have changed my life. Father, thank you for your word today. Just lift up your hands, please. Thank you for what you have made available to us and for us through Christ Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. Lord, I'm, I'm believing you on. I release in this place the power that is in the blood for the cleansing of your people for the washing away from everything that stops us or that hinders us from entering into your will and in your purposes day to day thank you for the blood thank you for the precious blood removing sins healing wounds Thank you for the living word of God, strengthening us, building us up for the inheritance that you have in store for us. For us even experiencing supernatural increase that is rightful ours. For us being more useful as a ministry, more useful as individuals, more useful as families for the kingdom of God, for the building of the kingdom of God, and seeing many coming into the kingdom of God. Father, I bless your people in the name of Jesus. And I ask you, Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit to speak to individuals that have, have not made this commitment to live for you and to help them to make that decision even today to dedicate their lives for you and to live to you and live for you for the rest of their lives. I thank you and I praise you, Father, for the help of the Holy Spirit in this. In Jesus' name.